we have a certain capacity of what we can imagine. So that's where the heart comes in. That's where the soul language comes in. That's where the, for me and my spirit guides come in. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Not Yet Podcast, the project about self-knowing, self-awareness, our relationships with ourselves, and all of the living beings around us. Today, I am joined with a beautiful guest. Her name is Ida Murad. Hi, Ida. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I'm filled with excitement to be here? (laughs) I can, and it helps me feel even more excited to be here. So thank you for sharing that. Ida is a spiritual artist who uses her expertise in art, coaching, intuition, and healing to create fine art and experiences that foster healing and expansion. She turned to art because of a health trauma of being semi-paralyzed for four and a half years. She knows art is a powerful tool for healing and raising the energy of our inner and outer spaces. As an Arab and previously differently abled individual, she is passionate about opening pathways for minorities and in protecting our common home, earth, through nature conservation. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say like, I can feel this beautiful energy and it's like fireworks. <laughs> That's amazing. How does it feel to hear that black and white version of you said back to you? It always feels uncomfortable, if I'm honest, uh, because it's like, I was taught to not never boast and to always be humble and um, yeah, not to cause attention on me or not to bring attention on me. So it took a lot of reprogramming to differentiate between what my voice is versus what humility is versus what being selfish is. And it's beautiful. I'm learning how to receive that because I know what I do is important for this world in terms of our hearts and our healing, but also for protecting our home, which is planet earth. Right. So it feels uncomfortable, but working on it. (laughs) Can you tell me more about what those separate ideas mean to you now of, of being humble and drawing attention to yourself, what that line is looking like? Yeah, it goes back to being seen. So I, I say my mission with art is to help people feel seen, heard, and loved. And it, it's, you know, I was used to hiding and serving others. And this is where people pleasing comes in. And as an Arab, we're like known for our hospitality, right? So it's everything about the other. We eat last. But the, the reprogramming is, no, I need to eat. <laughs> I need to eat so I can be overflowing with enough to share. So that kind of goes back to, if I don't share my gift with the world, who's going to receive it? How is it going to fulfill its spiritual mission if it's never spoken of or experienced? 
I'm also in a space where I'm interrogating my my beliefs around giving and receiving. Because you can't give without receiving and you can't receive without giving. It's very simple, but it's not as transactional as that either. Uh, and it warms my heart to hear that not only am I not alone in like uncovering what that process feels like to me, but that it sounds like it's a practice for you. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm obsessed right now with the concept of receiving because my I find everything to be a muscle, right? It's And we are creatures of habit. That's my personal belief. So I'm, I've exercised the muscle of giving. I'm good at that. And I know it's part of my, my being that I will continue to give. Now, my, my, my work is to learn and to discern between who to give. Like, it's like giving to givers rather than giving to takers constantly. And also unpacking, like, why do you give? Like, is it you're giving because you want to be seen as a giver? Or are you giving because you genuinely want to, like, you know, that, that's a whole other conversation. But receiving is a beautiful thing. And I think as women, especially, we have some, I would say, beautiful work to do in exercising that muscle to receive. Like, simple thing of letting someone help me with the groceries from you know, Trader Joe's to here. And having someone, when someone offers me to to hold it. I'm like, no, 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 I got it. And then I was, I, I questioned like, why do I always say I got it? Like I just moved to the new place and I didn't hire movers because I said, no, 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 I got this. I don't have that much. And you know what Paige, a week later, I, my arthritis was triggered. I was exhausted. I couldn't do much work because I physically, emotionally, mentally over-executed myself. And it went back to turning, I got curious as to why didn't I ask for help? And it went to my child, who's a teenage self, who promised herself to always be independent, to not need anyone or anything, because when you need someone, that means you're dependent and that means that you'll be disappointed. So just shut yourself out from receiving. So that's, I know, there's, there's a lot there with receiving. <laughs> No, I, there's a lot there to whittle through. And there's also a lot there when it comes to like potential for growth. There's yeah. a lot there. Oh, I'm so happy that you're acknowledging it and that you're holding space for that. And also it sounds like you're very present with how the process is unfolding, which is exciting. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever read the book The Untethered Soul? No, tell me about it. So this book actually was super transformational for me when, especially when I was semi-paralyzed. Uh, there were a couple of books that were profound for me, but this one introduced the concept of connecting with the other. And it, it basically, you know, as you and me are talking or as a person is listening, they're listening right but there's that version of you that's observing you experiencing the thing so in this case there's a part of me that's observing me talking and that version of me is neutral it's the other right so 
in all of this kind of spectrum of experiences and spectrum of emotions, I've loved connecting with the neutral person that is observing me experience these things and it helps me gain perspective. So I, I'm trying to take everything less seriously, which has been a fun experience. So in taking yourself less seriously, it sounds like that's a, that's a whole chapter of awareness for you too. Uh, can you tell me who you are in this present moment? Mm. Oh, I am so proud to be a woman. Just to really own being a woman. And being Arab is so central to my being. I am a painter. I'm a spiritual painter who uses intuition and all this unseen support to channel art. I'm a lover of people, even though I've been hurt by so many. I'm a believer and advocate for love. I'm a hugger too. <laughs> but that's where my mind goes. Um, my heart goes. Thank you. Uh, we met, we met in passing. It was truly passing. <laughs> and I could feel from like, yards away how bright your light is. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that our paths did cross. And I'm curious. Um, because I did reach out to you about this podcast and it felt very aligned to me. Uh, but could you share to me what was a moment or idea about the project about Not Yet that really felt aligned for you? So I'll mirror back your light shines through every word, whether it's vir like on vir virtually when you read about the podcast and then um, when I met you in person, like there are people you meet and you're like, I'm not going to forget you. And there are people further, like, why did I, why can I not forget you is because you saw me. You, I felt truly seen, which was so beautiful. And you were actually open enough to also, I hope feel seen because I, I, I felt I saw you. And we were just there. We were at a conference with like, I don't know, thousands of people. I don't know how many exactly, but it was like no one else was there. So for me, my policy is like when there's magical humans, I follow them. I would, <laughs> like, so, so that's one, like that's the primary thing. But then another thing that, that I saw in the description is, you know, kind of I'm re re paraphrasing, but designing the world of our dreams. And that's something I'm so passionate about, of us up-leveling to a world where we design exactly what we want. Like, why can't we have all the love that we want? You know, we're so used to struggle, and I'm excited to have conversations around the world of our dreams. So that's, that spoke to my heart. Ah. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I really am passionate about the world of our dreams. I believe it's very possible to live in a world where we all belong. 
And in order to do that, we have to be honest about who we are. We have to be honest about what we need. And one of those things that we need is love. Uh, so funny you mentioned love because I'm rereading, I'm doing my annual rereading of Bell Hooks all about love right now. And the opening chapter, she, she writes about how, how rarely she heard people express the need for love, like the fundamental human need for it. If anything, there's a bit of shame attached to the desire to have it in our lives or to feel it or to receive it. Mm. And I believe the first step to having more love in our life is acknowledging the need. Yeah. And it's interesting, it kind of goes back to the receiving conversation of, of and that conversation around independence and thinking, you know, the, the question, so I, one of my hats is I, I'm a coach, right? And, and, but now I, I only use my coaching hat with my art. So we process a lot of data through art, but I always ask who's in the driver's seat? Like I'm 32 years old talking to you at this moment, Paige. But there's sometimes five-year-old Ida who is traumatized by a certain experience who's actually in the driver's seat, right? And she's in the driver's seat because she's trying to protect me from that happening again. So even talking about we all need love and how can love be the forefront of everything like, I think at the end of the day, we all want that. But then I wonder who's having that conversation with love? Again, is it five-year-old me who's rebelling against that because it's like love wasn't there. So no, I got I have to protect myself. Or is it 32-year-old me who's going back to five-year-old Aida and saying, hey, look, here's how love is, is, is around us. Here's how I got you this time. What came to me when you talked about five-year-old Aida being in the driver's seat is often when I hear about conversations about inner children or our younger selves who are protecting us, it's often framed as, oh, these younger versions are naive to the current reality or these younger versions of ourselves don't have the full picture. Not to say this is what you're saying. I... I wonder what would happen if when our younger selves are in the driver's seat, what does it look like to trust? What does it look like to trust your five-year-old self? Because your five-year-old self was intuitive enough to know that something was wrong. Even if the thing that was wrong, we didn't have the language to articulate or we didn't have the experience to process what was going on physically or emotionally. There was, there was knowledge there. So how do we shift the, the conversation around celebrating what the five-year-old Ida does know? Agreed. And this is beautifully where art for me comes in. You know, I, so I paint everything right with my fingers and I also design art journeys where people, I have them paint with their fingers or their body and purposely be messy. Why? Because as adults, we've forgotten how to be children. And children have such wisdom. So that five-year-old me has profound ways of being that I have forgotten. So she has so much to teach me. 
And there's also so much for me to teach her. It's, it's a dialogue. It's not a one-way street. So this is where you know, I've done exercises where I've connected with each past self of mine in terms of like age one, two, three, four, five, and sat and had that dialogue. But I think generally, like I'm a silly person. <laughs> I love being silly and serious, you know? And it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's quite a bit of work. To, to maintain that in this modern day because at least where I live in New York there's a lot of serious people um, so I'm really grateful that I have art where I can be silly and that's where for example a lot of times this is where I would, I would say trust and surrender comes in and intuition comes in because like, for example, children play just for the sake of playing. They're painting, not, not to have an output or outcome, right? So I've started practicing it with art by painting with my eyes closed. And Paige, it's been so beautiful to exercise that muscle of just trusting my body and trusting, and not even needing to put pressure to finish this painting. Like, that's why I paint seven to eight at a time. So I'm never thinking about one. I'm just in the moment, you know? Uh, so this is where I invite my childlike self into these experiences in this 32-year-old body. What does silliness, what does silliness mean to you? Oh, I've never been asked that question. I just see laughter. I feel laughter. It's like the essence of laughter. I just don't know what else to describe it. <laughs> when I think of laughter, I think of liberation. Mm. I think of there's so much joy. There's so much joy and it's uninhibited and it's exploding from your body. Mm, my whole body relaxed when you said that. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. I feel so good having this conversation. I mean, I, in general, I enjoy recording podcast episodes um, because I love sharing space with people. I love, I love learning how they're interacting with the world around them. I love learning how we're all the same. And this particular conversation feels so good in my body. You know what comes up when you say that is because you and me are having a conversation on multiple levels, right? We one aspect is we're having this verbal communication. But there's so many other aspects of communication, not just body language, but energetic, right? And again, this is why I'm uh, I go back to art again of we're expressing through oh, other means. Like we've given such importance to verbal. And I'm like, that is one of the weakest forms of community. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. <laughs> no, it's just because we put too much there, but it, it just, again, this is why Paige, you have a gift of you allow you're at least I feel you're so present you're so here that 
I can also be so here with you and feel you on multiple levels. So I hope whoever's listening also feels that. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're listening too. I hope you feel present too. Being present is a, like we, we initially gathered to talk about the power of change and, and the power of transformation and choice in transformation. And when it comes to any sort of transformation in my life, intentional or not, it, the only way that I can allow it to happen is if I'm in the present moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where I learned, I learned this quote, but like the fastest way to get anywhere is slowly. <laughs> and I, I didn't interpret that as like moving my body slowly. I interpreted it as moving with time, which is slow. <laughs> like being where you are because when you are where you are that's when opportunities are clear to you that's when you can feel inspired to act that's when you can feel the wave of silliness that's where you can feel the motivation to rest or expand in your body to relax to talk to a stranger that you you feel their light from across the room yeah, it's, uh, you're making me think of the definition of intuition, which was defined by Laura Day. This is her definition. She's a, an intuitive, the psychic of the stars. She's one of my mentors. And she defines intuition as being hyper-present. So for example, you have a question. Should I go to the movies tonight? and you really ground yourself in this moment and just observe and you're, what you notice is data. Hey, it's Paige here and I wanna talk with you for a second before we get back to the podcast. You've lived an adventurous life, picking up skills and knowledge so special that at times you wonder where you fit. You wanna show up in your relationships authentically and build a career as expansive as you are. What if I told you the answers are in your stillness? Join me for mindfulness coaching and you'll learn what your intuition feels like and how to use it to build the life that supports the very best version of you. The you who's inspired, empowered, and aligned. Visit notyetseries.com to book your mindfulness coaching call with me today. So for example, if I'm noticing the trash can that is doesn't make me feel good and is full and needs attention. And that just guides me to being like, that doesn't feel like a good experience. So if I say, should I stay home and rest? And then I look around and I notice, what do I notice? And I notice this globe that I have and it's expansive and it's white and it feels fresh. So that's just data for me being like, okay, actually option, question two, <laughs> feel like option two basically feels more aligned. So it was just an interesting, like she's been training me and I've never heard that definition of intuition and presence being so interlinked. That makes a lot of sense to me. And in my own coaching practice, the 
the motivation and the real fuel to it is helping people understand what their intuition feels like. I think it's an incredibly personal experience. I think the presence aspect of it is pretty universal, but the way that you interpret the present moment is unique to your, like your senses, your energy, your experiences, your knowledge. And when you can tap into your own intuition, when you can feel embodied in the present moment, that is when opportunities arise for you to live in this, well, period. <laughs> yeah, and you know, talking about transformation and change, you know, release has to come out, right? We, we, we it's like, you know, levels of a, of a tree. Like you can't be on two levels at once. You just can't, right? In terms of like, if we're standing on this branch, we can't be there as well. Um, I don't know, you can't see the video, but. <laughs> uh, so which brings me to release and like what practices do we have to release? And then it brings me to the question, like the topic of time. Like, do we give ourselves time to release so we can actually experience this transformation? and experience in this change? Uh, I think sometimes we give ourselves time to release when we're forced to. When yeah. our body aches or, or when we feel pain, when we feel pain. But the thing about pain is like usually, like unless there's a, like a dramatic impact of some sort, when we feel pain, there was a whisper before there was a bang. hundred percent. I completely agree. Like, I think my, my paralysis came in to wake me up. And there were so many signs before that to tell me, hey, Aida, you're living kind of off. You're, you're living off. Hey, Aida, like, wake up. You're, you're, you know. And then um, I got the biggest slap of my on my face. So I say like my, my pain and my struggle was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but the best thing, because it helped me wake up. But I agree, I agree. And, you know, Reiki is pretty, an it's an interesting practice. So for those who are not familiar with Reiki, it's an ancient Japanese uh, form of healing where you bring energy and move out energy from, um, basically your body you, you, it's, you, by using your hands. I'm probably butchering the, the description, but that's, <laughs> uh, but the philosophy, like, what I learned from Reiki is before there's a physical manifestation of an illness, there's an emotional one. There's an energetic one. So the importance of Reiki is to actually tackle the energetic one before it turns physical. And that it's like physical is the last stop of that manifestation of it. So that there's so much we can do before we get to that hard point. Oh my goodness. So that is drawing so many connections for me because I've been hovering over this concept of what is real lately in my life, especially when I like when I have goals or I have like a vision for an idea that I want to bring to life. Like when does it become real at one point? And there's been a lot of focus on the physical aspect for me. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not when it's real. <laughs> and in the same way 
our pain has seeds and energy, so does our joy. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Remember this, this, um, there was an experiment around talking to water and how water creates shapes based on how you speak to it. So if you're speaking good energy into it or kind words, or it, it formed beautiful shapes. And if not, it, it, it didn't. Um, and I highly recommend you research the, the study if, if um, for whoever's listening, if you don't know it. I will this, put that in the show notes because it, it is oh, very cool. Right? <laughs> but, you know, think about it. Also, you walk into spaces and sometimes, or, or you meet people and sometimes you automatically feel so comfortable. Or sometimes you're like, shoot, I can't, something feels off. I can't stay here. Like I'm uncomfortable. And that's all energy. That's all energy. Yeah. I think a lot of us have been taught not to trust that. Because we can't see it. Yeah, we can't see it. And also our vision is just one of the many tools that we have to perceive what's going on around us. Yeah. We wouldn't ask our nose to see because that's not what our nose does. Yeah. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to put that, um, to frame that. It's interesting. I used to think of, again, I, so I love cars. So I, I keep thinking of in car terms, like who's in the driver's seat, blah, blah. So, you know, if we get our heart and we get our mind, it feels like society has really encouraged us to have the mind always in the driver's seat and the heart, like almost to, to the point where it's in, in the back seat. No, and sometimes in the trunk and it has <laughs> blindfold and, you know, tape on its mouth and don't speak and don't feel. But I, I feel like I'm restructuring it where I think the heart needs to be in the driver's seat and the mind has a very important role because it can help us with blind spots, right? Can help us see different things, but it's not, I personally don't believe the mind is meant to be dominant and and. It's not, and it's not meant to do all things. Like the heart has a role and that balance of living is an art. And I think we, we can all reassess and constantly improve to receive more joy, to receive more love, to receive, like to design the, the world that we actually want to live in. What do you think the, because I, I do agree that the mind is a valuable support. I think it does give a lot to a situation and context. With the idea of the soul or the heart being in the driver's seat, what do you think are the, the skills that the soul has that nothing else does? Mm. First thought that came to mind was seeing beyond. Like, I think we are, we know much more. Uh, then we give ourselves credit to. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about us individually, but our, our, our like spirit team. So for me, for example, my intu I've been practicing strengthening my intuition and that, that little voice inside me that doesn't come from the mind. It's like, it tells me even when I'm driving, like I had to take a left this time. Like don't take your usual route. And whenever I haven't listened to it, I've, and I've taken the, my usual route, there's an accident or there's some delay that 
I didn't foresee coming. Right? My mind's like, no, Aida, that's a logical route. One plus one equals two. But the, the unseen support helps you create one plus one equals to whatever you want to make it. <laughs> like it's, it's, there's, there, yeah, there is such a thing as quantum leaps. There is such a thing as like, you know, my, my favorite is what if it all could be better than you could have ever imagined it to be? Like there is, we also, going back to the muscles, like we have a certain capacity of what we can imagine. So that's where the heart comes in. That's where the soul language comes in. That's where the, for me, my spirit guides come in. You know, I'm in the process now of, of I'm excited to, take my art to a whole new level and I'm excited to meet the man of my dreams and you know what there I know there are things that I can't even imagine so I'm not going to try to I'm just gonna try to stay in this love frequency and also self-belief and allowing because you know that you can meet the man of your dreams but get uncomfortable because he's too good to be true or the woman of your dreams, or you know whatever the person is looking to manifest. Uh, so I'm curious, what what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are my thoughts on? I I felt a bit of sadness actually hearing what you had to say about sort of like the limits of what we can consciously imagine, and not because I disagree. <laughs> Um, I, I spent a lot of my life very intellectually forward, letting my past experiences be the framework by which I led my future. For better or for worse, because I've had a lot of fantastic, joyful, brilliant experiences in my past. And I've also had some that were not as bright, but just as transformational. And when you speak about the soul or the heart's ability to perceive beyond, I was reminded of how I want to give more credit and more attention and time to my heart. Because uh, these last maybe three months, three formats. In my meditation practice specifically, I have felt blocked. Like where I sit down and I close my eyes and I breathe and I do the practice. You know, I do the breath work, I do the stretching and I, I, I sit there because I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I know like in my body, this is what I'm supposed to do because I feel the impact. I feel the impact on my day, that space that I give my brain and my thoughts it has a dramatic influence on how I can connect and see those around me, my loved ones and those I don't know. And yet there's still a bit of longing there uh, because I recognize that there's more that's waiting for me. If I could just be there because there's also been a bit of fear in my meditation practice too. Like I could be there for an hour, but am I, there, there's a difference between sitting down and closing your eyes for an hour and meditating for an hour. Because sometimes I can feel myself stopping myself. Mm. 
from being in that space of unknowing because of fear of uncertainty. And that's okay, right? This is where, I just want to repeat that. That's okay. Because going to your words of slowly, slowly and and slowly doesn't have to mean time it just could mean like so I, I also love cooking so I go back to like the best food is made when you like massage that bread you massage also the making of that pasta you massage the baking of that cake like there's there's that's there's a slow practice to it and it's intentional so how can we and similar to you know, bringing that water conversation of how do you speak to the water? How do you speak to that bread? How do you speak to yourself when you're feeling those spectrum of emotions? That all kind of creates an ingredient, like brings all different ingredients to create this dish. So what I would kind of bring back to you is how can you be kind to that part of you that is experiencing that? And if we invite the, you know, the, the thing that I learned from untethered soul, that version of you that is witnessing you experiencing that, how can you send kindness to that version of you? Tell her it's okay. We have all the time in the world. We do. It can be very easy to perceive blocks as nuisances rather than opportunities to love yourself a little deeper. Mm. Oh, that spoke to my heart. Yeah, you know, may I share what's coming up for me? Please. Self-worth came up for me. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been doing a lot of work as well on, on just, healing certain things um and when some new block comes up i'm like oh my god when am i going to be done with fixing myself and then i go into like shoot like i'm not married shoot like i'm you know i don't i'm not hustling with my work which i'm grateful but you know there's still aspirations of having it be you know, more stable, bigger, etc. And it goes back to self-worth. And the illusion is that we're going to be done. Because <laughs> there is no, oh, I'm getting goosebumps as I say that. Because we're, we're, we are, as humans, I personally believe, are meant to constantly evolve. And I'm trying to learn, bringing it full circle from my child self to have fun in this process, to not take it so seriously. Like, okay, Aida, you're, you're a bit insecure about, you know, your hips. Okay, let's, let's just talk about it. Let's just learn how to love it. Oh, you're, you're insecure that you won't fit into a size six okay um okay what 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 does this insecurity bring oh you're not you think people are not going to find you sexy or um this is maybe why you know 
I'm giving that space and being kind. So after, let's just say, I got into my perfect size and blah, blah, blah in my head. And then there's gonna be like keeping up with the Kardashians, not that I like them, but, um, oh, how am I gonna afford to get all these new things that I don't wanna repeat? Like, it's like this, again, these are very superficial examples that I'm giving you, but I'm trying to make a point of, it's just gonna constantly keep going. Um, and I'm trying to find the fun in it. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. There is no end. There is no end. There is no end. Yeah. I think we I hear a lot in healing circles of resistance and frustration about the fact that there is no goal to accomplish. But you know what, Paige, what I've been thinking about a lot is what if we came to earth with, because we thought it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm so serious. This has been my real question and thought I'm like I think I came to earthy because I you know they, they told me that your thoughts become your reality so just think about something a lot and you'll get it obviously that's a bit more complicated but so I said I'll come here because I wanted to experience contrast because without contrast you can't appreciate right the light without shadow you can't yeah. so like I say um the darker the shadow, the brighter the light. So my arthritis was my shadow and my art is my light. And I honestly probably wouldn't have turned to art until I was maybe 65 um, if I didn't have this intense experience. And I'm grateful for it. Now I don't wanna have intense experiences like that again, but I know there will be contrast. So I would like to, again, this is a superficial example, but I'd like my contrast to be, should I have, lobster or branzino <laughs> you know like it's but, <laughs> um yeah i like that i like that a lot i like the idea that we came here to have fun because i do have a lot of fun i'm having a lot of fun right now me too <laughs> <laughs> interesting like I don't know, Paige, what's your relationship with guilt? Like, as I said that, you know, the, should I have lobster or Branzino? I heard so many inner voices saying, you should feel guilty for thinking of such like luxurious questions. Like if you were in this position, like can, how long can you stay in that like phase of life of having your contrast be something so beautiful? And I don't I think have- that when I, I hear that because I, I do experience that sometimes when I want something brilliant for myself that I have not seen in either in my life or even articulated beyond me. Mm. And it really comes down to voices that I've heard outside of my head of you can't have that. Right. Or either others not allowing themselves to have something and thinking that you shouldn't have it because they won't or because I have diminished the value of what my joy means to me. Because it's not about the Branzino or the lobster. 
It's about how I think it's going to make me feel. Exactly. I love that. I love that. That's a, yeah, because we pursue all these things because they, we want to feel a certain way. But every time I've attracted what I've wanted is by having fostered the feeling before it coming. And I've honestly, Paige, forgotten that. So I'm like, for example, I'm kind of a little stressed out. Like I want these paintings. Like this is from my 11th collection. I'm almost about to unveil my 12th collection. And I want these paintings to find a home. And I've, I think I've focused so much on the stress of things and forgotten one, why I make art. Two, that either you know the formula, just feel how it would feel if all these paintings found their homes. Yeah, so thank you. Can you share one practice that's helping you discover who you are? Art, honestly, it's, it's whew, the amount of things I've discovered and um, the techniques from it. So art, especially when you're painting while not thinking, that is the trick. Like you can paint and be judging what you're creating and be trying to mimic. That's why I love abstract art, trying to mimic like something. No, when I paint and I'm just listening, I'm, I'm just a vessel and I'm just listening. Then that can come the release or can come the joy or can come the data about my next steps. Like it's, it's, profound and I, I have a virtual art journey group where I have women who are not artists paint with their fingers and believe it or not they've learned more about themselves when they paint with their eyes closed and they like the art piece more because they're not judged they're not thinking so that's what for me I go to is art and that's one tool that I've um learned a lot about not just myself but life through it art the process of creation yeah <laughs> <laughs> can you also shout out what you're building right now and where the not yet community can find both you and your creations online Ooh, i am building a couple of things so one is i'm unveiling my new art collection which is all about romance and healthy love. So that will be coming soon to my website, which is idamurad.com. And then I'm also launching my second cohort for women only, magical women, to, to gather once a week for 10 weeks to paint with their fingers and to process life and heal things through art. Um, and that's all on my website as well. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. And just, I'm so grateful to be here. I can talk to you for hours. Well, oh. guess what? We can talk again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you oh. so much for sharing the space with me, Ida, for sharing your process, sharing your creation and sharing your dreams. Thank you, Paige, for having me. You are a magical human. I'm honored to know you. Thanks for listening. 
and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.